You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're going to get into a new series called The Four Faces of Love. Love is one of the most important subjects in the Bible. In fact, of the three great power forces, faith, hope, and love, love is called the greatest of them all. But a lot of people misunderstand love, have no idea what it really is because they see love as a one-dimensional force. Love is not one-dimensional, and we're going to find that out in this study. So I may say some things that shock you, that may make you think twice, but I want you to look at the Scriptures with me and to think with me. Too often we go more by our own feelings than we do by what the Scriptures show us and by what Jesus Himself shows us with uh, the way God operates. So here's 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. This is the ESV. Beloved, let us love one another. And you hear that all the time. Jesus talked about it constantly, that love was the greatest commandment. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because... God is love. God is the embodiment of love. I want you to think about that for a minute. It means that God has never at any time in his existence acted outside of love. Now that may be hard for some people to swallow because they look back at the God of the Old Testament at some of his commands, at some of his judgments, and they look at this and they say, this is really pretty harsh. I don't get this. How can this be love? And what I want you to do is reserve your judgment till you hear the whole story, till we look at both sides of this. You know, the scripture talks about the fool who makes a decision before he hears the response of a neighbor. A lot of times people form an opinion about an idea, about an act, whatever, just because they hear only one testimony. And I want you to see that love has more than one testimony. We're going to look at the different sides of love. All right. The destruction of the army of Pharaoh in the Red Sea whether we realize it or not, was an act of love. It was an act of a protective God against a ruthless king and his people, his servants, who were determined to destroy God's covenant people. And it was an act of pure love. Now, God didn't really want that. In fact, one time when I was a young and very idealistic minister, I told the Lord, Lord, I would have had that Red Sea all rolled back so when the children of Israel got there, they just, boom, going right across on dry ground. And they were already over to the other side when Pharaoh shows up to the Red Sea and he sees footprints going in the water but doesn't realize what's happening. And the Lord very quickly showed me that if I had done it that way, if it had happened that way, that Pharaoh would have turned his chariots back around, gone around the northern tip of the Red Sea. He would have found the children of Israel ultimately, and he would have destroyed them. He was determined to destroy them. And so the Red Sea then was a necessity, and there was no other way because Pharaoh had his heart set completely on evil. 
This is the thing I want you to see. So many people who misunderstand love never factor in evil. And if you don't deal with the evil factor, you will never get God's love. Here's another one. It is apparent that God blessed David when he killed Goliath. David actually went out and cut off the giant's head. He did it. It a horrible, bloody thing. There would have been a stub of a head right there and the blood all over the place. And, 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 and But you know what? It was an act of love. It was God's preservation and protection for his covenant people. If you read the story, the Philistines were invaders. Israel wasn't going into their territory. The Philistines came into the territory of Israel. They came and they pitched their tents and brought their armies to a place in Judah. And so they were trespassing, coming in to attack Israel and to make slaves of the Jewish people. So what David did was an act of love. We may think of it as an act of hatred or an act of war, and it was an act of war, but there are times when that can be justified. Not all the time, but there are times when it is. Now, here's what Jesus said. He said about the people who crucified him, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. But we fail to think about what he said to the same people. He called them a generation of vipers, Matthew 12, 34. He called them hypocrites in Matthew 15, 7. He called them a wicked and adulterous generation in Matthew 16, 4. He said that they were fools, meaning that they had been fooled and that they were blind, Matthew 23, 17. And then listen to this. He said, depart from me, you cursed. And he's using a parable to uh, describe this. Uh, depart into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, Matthew 25, 41. In other words, he made it clear that some of the people, not all, but some of the people that he talked to would never be accepted by God nor find a place in his kingdom. Now, they had a choice. They didn't have to go that route. And one of the examples that we see of this is Judas, the disciple of Jesus, who betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. He was completely rejected with no possibility of redemption. Why? It is because he turned down every opportunity to repent and not do what he ultimately did. Listen to Matthew 26, verses 23-24. Jesus answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me is him who will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Now, this was something that Jesus said to his friends at the Last Supper when he said, one of you is going to betray me. And they all came one by one and said, Lord, is it I, is it I, is it I? And he answered, he said, no, it's the one who dips his hand with me in the dish. Well, because Judas was seated to, with Jesus on the left hand, then it would have been Judas who was doing that. It was a warning that was given to Judas but he brazenly rejected it. And Judas looks at Jesus during the same time, right after he said these words, and he said, Is it I, Rabbi? And Jesus said to him, You have said so. In other words, Judas had made up his mind. He'd already made the decision. So Jesus, in talking love, is telling Judas, There's no hope for you if you do this. 
and Judas went out and did it anyway. God can't help people who won't listen. Uh, You see, two times in the Gospels, kind and tender, loving Jesus takes cords of leather, makes a whip, and drives money changers out of the temple. Happens at the beginning and at the end of his ministry. I'll read Matthew 21, 12, and 13. This is the latter version. And Jesus entered the twelve in the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of them who sold pigeons. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Now what's going on here? There were loads of Jewish people who came back to the temple of God to worship and to offer different sacrifices. And uh, these are people who came from faraway lands. They're not going to bring their cattle with them or their sheep with them or even their pigeons with them. So when they get to the temple, there is an opportunity to buy a sacrificial animal. Well, the prices that were being charged were what you see you pay for a, a soda in a movie theater. It's about four times what you could get the same thing for in a convenience store. And that's what these guys were doing. They were taking advantage of a captive audience, and they were ripping people off. They cared nothing about the sacrificial offerings that were done solemnly uh, with people who had a pure heart toward God, who were following the teachings of Moses and were doing and what they were supposed to do. Didn't care about that. They're, all they cared about was making money. And Jesus hated it because they were abusing God's people. And so he dealt with them. He turned over their money-changing tables and drove them out of the temple. So he was acting in a way that does not correspond with what a lot of people believe is love. Now, If Christ always walked perfectly in love, and he did, because right after this, he goes to the cross, and you see the most amazing display of love. And by the way, he didn't go to the cross because he had to. He went to the cross because he wanted to. Jesus could have escaped. You look at it in John's Gospel, chapter 18. He said it earlier, no man takes my life. I lay it down. So in John's Gospel, we read in chapter 18 that when the mob came to where Jesus was, he stood up and looked at them and he said, Whom seek ye? And they said, We want Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am. And when he said that, they went backward and fell to their faces. They were knocked to the ground by the power of God. You know what he did? He let them get up to capture him. He could have walked away from the cross. He didn't do it. That is love. He hung on the cross even when they mocked him, ridiculed him, when they paid people to lie about him and they gave him a false and phony trial. Jesus showed nothing but love. But on the other hand, he could be very piercing with those words when he talked to people about the evil that they did. So love is not always approval, and love is not always acceptance. You know what love is? It's like a house. It may have a pleasant, desirable face on the front, uh, but it's not a one-dimensional structure. The, The house doesn't look the same on the back porch as it does on the front porch. It doesn't look the same on the sides. Love is described in the Bible as a four-dimensional structure. And every single dimension, one, two, three, and four, every one of them is extremely important. We'll continue this in our teaching tomorrow. Hope you'll join me then. 
I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.